Well, good morning. Good morning. I think a few of those shots that you saw from the beach, uh, those were shots that Pastor Kevin sent in to let us know that he's thinking about us today. As he and his family are, 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 are being blessed right now and they have the opportunity to be in Hawaii. So uh, nothing like suffering for Jesus. We miss you. I know you'd rather be here. This is paradise. Don't forget that Hawaii thing. Nah, just kidding. No, it's been, uh, I'm sure they're having a great time and, and having a blast. So one of the things that's going on this time of year is January, right? So this is, I don't know if any of you guys know about this. This is actually considered super wild card weekend. Did you know that? Super wildcard weekend. In fact, some of you are in this service today because the first game this morning starts at 10 o'clock, and so you're, you're scooting your Jesus in before your football. But um, every year, this is the, all the wildcard games, crazy stuff going on. If you are a Chargers fan right now, I want you to know we are praying for you. Hang in there. There's always next year, okay? Um, but uh, it's fun. The Super Bowl is always great. I've, I've actually been, being a youth pastor, I don't, I've had a Super Bowl party every single year. And uh, it's usually in my house, tons of people. And it's been, uh, it's something I look forward to. But I especially look forward to the Super Bowls where my team is playing, which means I've had very few Super Bowls to really look forward to because I'm a Rams fan. Okay, we have won a couple. In fact, we won one last year. Last year, the Rams won the Super Bowl. It was fantastic. If you've waited a long time to see your team win, it is amazing and nerve-wracking in the whole thing, and it was great. One of my favorite things, though, was that uh, the, the person that won the, the MVP for everything was uh, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is a wide receiver, amazing receiver. He, was, he caught so many passes last year. He was the Associated Press Player of the Year last year. He finished the season with over 2,000 yards receiving. He had over 150 receptions and more than 21 touchdowns last year, including two in the Super Bowl to help us win the victory. And if you don't care about, um, about football at all, just hang in there. It's almost over with, okay? But... Uh, one of the things that was cool is that as he won the MVP trophy, you know, if you watch football, that it takes more than just one receiver, right, to win. In fact, if you looked at it, it takes a whole team winning. If you think about team sports, a, a thing where everybody has to work together, football is a perfect example of what that looks like. And so in, in order for him to even receive these, he had to have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford, thank you Detroit for sending him over to us, uh, to get passes to him. We had a tight end, Tyler Higby, who was great, who was, who was taking people one way, he had Cam Akers running out of the backfield, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Getting, getting open looks so that he could do it. We had not only that, but you had an offensive line that's blocking for him. You have a center that has to make sure the ball gets to the quarterback. Uh, we had Andrew Whitworth, who was one of the oldest players to ever play in a Super Bowl uh, who retired and um, and then it, not only that you have to have a great defense as well people like Jalen Ramsey who can play cornerback Aaron Donald was going after people Von Miller was shutting things down and then if that wasn't enough you got the whole coaching staff including Sean McVay who was a great mind helping make things happen people who don't care right now you're like I don't know what the point is it takes an entire team to win it took every single person in that team from the general manager to the owner to the trainers to the staff to all the people on offense, defense, on special teams. It took everybody working together to win a Super Bowl. It was a total team effort. None of them could do it alone. In fact, none of them would even think about doing it alone. Now, some of them would think about taking credit alone. That's not the point. But 
a lot, it, it, it takes them being committed to one another. It takes them being committed to the team. It, it takes them being united in a common purpose, working together selflessly in order for this to happen. And that's not just the Rams. It's any team that's ever going to win. And the truth is, the same thing is true for us as a church. The same principle works for us as a church as it does for any sports in any football team ever, because we are actually created to be a part of a community. We're, we're created to be part of a team. And it's interesting, if you look just in our room here, just the, those that are here and those of you guys that are online, there are so many different people with so many different talents, so many di different gifts, so many different strengths, and so many different weaknesses. And what happens is God brings us all together, puts us in a part of this one community, and says, here, I'm going to use your strengths and weakness to check each other. And what we're going to do is we're going to work together. And when we work together as a church, you're going to be able to accomplish way more together than you ever could individually. In fact, God's going to say, I need you to work together. I need you to bring your talents. I need you to show up and come and be a part of the team in order for the church to do what I want it to do. In fact, if you look throughout the Gospels, you look at the lives of the disciples. The disciples, they never tried to do it alone, did they? They always traveled in this small group. They always traveled following Jesus together. Throughout the Gospels, you see them doing this over and over and over again. They did everything together. They ate together. They learned together, didn't they? They failed together. They succeeded together. They taught together. They asked questions together. They traveled together. They were amazed by what they saw from Jesus together. And they followed Jesus together. And we are called to do the exact same thing as we are disciples, those who are followers of Jesus. We are called to do life together. We are called to follow Jesus with other Jesus followers. We are called to follow Jesus not alone. We are called to follow Jesus with other Jesus followers. That's the purpose. That's the plan. That's the, the plan that Jesus rolls out as he puts together this church. Discipleship, following Jesus, was never intended to be a solo endeavor, it's a group activity. It's a group activity. And our local group, our group is our church. It's all of Knowles. This is the group that we are a part of. And this is, remember, if you remember, we've talked about this big C church and little C church thing. Our church here, all of Knowles Church, is a little C church. We're one of, we're part of the big C church. The big C church member is the church that meets all over the world, that is gathering all over the world, representing Jesus Christ to the world. There's the big C church. It includes all these different denominations and locations and languages and, and different ways of worship and, and everything else. But it's the global church. But here... This is our local team. This is our church, our little C church. This is a part of the big C church. But you and I make up this church. And as we learned, if nothing else, over COVID, right, the church isn't about a building, right? The church is about people. The church is all about people. And so if we are here at church, we need to make sure, if, if, if we are the church, we're called, remember, to be connected to the church. We are called to be connected together. And if church is people, that means we're called to be connected to other people. We're not called to try to do this following Jesus stuff alone. Which makes me ask this question just this morning as we just get started here. Is this, is this, is, are you connected or are you disconnected to the church? Are you connected? Remember, not a building. It's not about a building. It's about a group of people 
who've come together under a common purpose of following Jesus to learn, to lean on each other, to get strength and encouragement, to spurn one another on, to pray for one another, to help each other out. Are you connected to the church? Are you connected to other people? Are there people who you are pouring into and you are leading towards Jesus? Are there people that you're following and that you're doing life with that are helping lead you to Jesus? Are you connected or are you going solo? Because we live in a culture, don't we, that is increasingly individualistic. More and more and more isolation is, is made very, very easy, right? Everything can be done online. Everything from shopping to ordering your food, right, uh, to going to school, going to work, uh, watching television. All of it can be done online. And everything is, like I said, everything is heading towards individualistic. But I have to understand that this is not about individuals. This is about a group. This is about a community that God wants us to put together, that he wants us to be connected. And as we look in the Bible today, I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts. We're going to look in this book of Acts, and Acts gives us a great picture uh, of what the church looks like when it's at its best. Because I'll tell you, we are at our best when we are working together. When there are no spectators, there are only participants. And no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter where you're at, whether you're at home online right now watching or whether you're here in the house, this is the deal, is God has called us to be participants based off of the gifts and strengths that he's given to us. No one is called to be a spectator on the sideline. We are all called to participate, to be connected together. And, and Acts gives us a great idea and this little picture of what it looks like for the church to be acting in its best. So if we know in the book of Acts, we know that Acts begins and Jesus leaves, right? Jesus is now gone. He takes off. He gives them the Great Commission. And he goes and he says, wait for me. And he gives you somebody that's even better than me. And they're like, how could there be something better than you? You're right here with us. He goes, trust me, it's even better. The Holy Spirit is given to him on Pentecost. Boom, the Holy Spirit's with him now. And they're walking. They're empowered by the Holy Spirit. Peter, who goes from being this complete knucklehead who just can't say anything right, to giving the greatest gospel presentation ever, the first gospel presentation ever. And he does this. And all of a sudden, there's this church that is formed. The early church is begun. And the disciples, what do they do? They continue to be connected together in community. And it's interesting as you watch what their priorities were at the beginning. And those are the priorities that we must make sure we keep in front of us and that we are celebrating every single day. So if you've got your Bibles, Acts chapter 2. We're going to go to Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. Why don't you stand with me for the reading of God's word this morning. Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together together. And they had everything in common. They sold property. Um, so they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together 
with glad and sincere hearts, praising and enjoying the favor, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Father God, as we dig into your word, as we look at this today, God, this is something that's, that uh, we all need to look at. Because, Lord, we want to be the best church that we can possibly be. And, Lord, I know that we think of ourselves as individuals, but we need to think about how we need to be together and how we need to be connected. So, Lord, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So the early church, as we look through this passage of Scripture, the early church has some values, some priorities, some things that make sure that it does. It talks about them being devoted to some of these things. And that's what I want to just look at for a few minutes this morning is looking at what were their priorities and then how does that play out here for us at All of Knowles. The first priority they had as a church was this, is they were devoted to learning together. They were devoted to learning together together. It says that they were devoted to the teaching of God's word. Now, if you look at it at our campus, what we do here every single week is we're teaching God's word. There are Bible studies that are taking place all over the all over in different places, some on campus, some at people's homes, but we teach the word of God. The day that you come to church here and we don't teach the word of God is the day we need to be fired. Seriously. If you come in here and we're preaching a sermon and there's no scripture in it, no, we need to go. Now, I guarantee you, we are committed to continuing to teach the word of God because the word of God is the truth, correct? And as we want this, we don't want to hear somebody's great opinion and ideas. We need to know the truth that God has given to us. He's blessed us with his word, and we need to make sure that we stay true. It. And not only are we preaching God's word, we're saying true to the truth of God's word, and we do not let anything else change what that message is. We are devoted to the Word of God. Every single week, we will be in God's Word. Learning from God's Word was a priority to this church. They devoted to themselves. They met every single day in order to make sure they do that. Second thing that was a priority to them was they spent time together and they spent time in fellowship together. As we look through this passage, we know that they met daily together in the temple. They spent time together, hanging out together in the temple. They ate together in homes together. They spent time together. Being together for them was a priority. They made sure that nothing else got in the way. Spending time together. You know, it's, it's fascinating. The more you really want to get to know somebody, go on a road trip with them, right? I've gotten the chance to go on lots of different road trips with lots of students, and I can have, I had students that I would meet on Wednesday night, and we get to know, I think I get to know who they are, and then you see them at a cabin at two in the morning, and you're like, oh, there's the real you coming out. All right. Same thing when it comes to this. You learn things about people as you hang out with them. When we, like, for example, we're going to do a Super Bowl party here at the church. You want to come get to know people? Come watch them watch sports together. Okay? I've had people talk to me that have said, they said, Pastor Brent, I cannot even imagine you getting angry or upset. And I'm like, come watch a Dodgers game with me <laughs> or a Rams game or a UCLA. You take your pick, man. I, no, no, you get to know the real people the more you hang out with them. But the truth is, is if we come in here and we come into this room and we go to church, the building, and we hang out here and we listen to this amazing sermon, and then we get, oh, I'm inspired, and then you walk out, but you're not connected to the people around you. You are missing part of the blessing of what church is all about. Church is about us being connected with one another, which means we need to make sure that we're connected to one another, that we spend time just hanging out together. 
I remember as a kid growing up, I remember Sunday night after we had Sunday night church too. And Sunday night after church, we usually went over to the Lansford's house. And we would go over to their house, and my parents would play nerds, this card game, and, and, and they would give us ice cream and quesadillas. I don't know why those were the two things, but that's, we got ice cream quesadillas. And then we would just hang out together with the other kids that were there thing. And then we always had to go to bed before it was time to leave. So I remember sleeping on the floor and in the doorway, listening to my parents, talking with their friends, chatter, 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 cards flying, and all of a sudden you'd hear, nerds, and everybody started laughing and do this whole thing. And you know what that was? Just community. They were just hanging out together. They spent time together. You know, when things happened in our life, when things happened in our church, it was that community, it was that connectedness that they achieved by being together and spending time together that helped them weather those storms. We need to make sure that spending time, that fellowship together is something that is a priority to us as well. It used to be natural, right? Hanging out together, going out to lunch with people, it used to be very natural. You said a thing, by the way, that churches didn't have to schedule or plan. It just happened. Part of the reason why we have a small group ministry, part of the reason why we have some of the things is now we have to plan this because it's not happening on its own. Naturally, we're going our own ways. We go into our home. We hit our garage door. We drive in. We shut the garage door. We go in. We watch our television. We get on our, our iPad or on our phone. We play our games. And we're, we're playing with other people, though, right, on our games. But but we're sitting on our couch in our PJs or whatever, and everything is just, we need to be interacting with each other. We need to connect with each other. Fellowship needs to be a priority. The third thing that they did was they practiced generosity together. Okay? They practiced generosity together. I love how it says they sold property and possessions and they gave to those that were in need. Now, I, I, I know we look at this and we're like, okay, so that means I need to sell everything I have and just give it to people who need. No, that's, that's not what this passage of Scripture is saying. It's just describing what they were doing. Because you see what happened is they had all come there for Pentecost. People from all over the place had come to Pentecost and had come to the, to, to the temple uh, for Passover. It was the big feast. And so everybody had come from all these places. They hadn't packed to stay for a long time. But then all of a sudden they get to Pentecost. They pass over and this thing's going. And all of a sudden you this preaching. And people are speaking and they're speaking in my own language. And what's going on? The Holy Spirit breaks loose. And they start gathering together. And they're like, and the message, one of the messages that Peter says is, and Jesus, be prepared. Jesus is coming soon. So in their minds, they said, Jesus is coming soon, like, like next week. Well, I'm hanging out here. I'm not going back home. Well, Peter's like, what do you mean? Like, he's going to really come back this next week. So what happens is as time went on, all of a sudden you have people that were there, and they weren't prepared to stay there for months and months and months uh, and weeks and weeks and whatever. And so they're all no, I don't have anything. They're like, oh, here, I'll, I'll, I'll sell this. And, and so they started sharing and, and practicing generosity with one another. Really, that's the big point here is they practiced generosity together. Can I tell you one of the things that I have been impressed with? with all of Noel's church, is generosity. Generosity. I've watched people take care of one another. Being in the small groups, Pastor, one of the things that I've been able to see is as I've visited different groups and heard stories coming out of these different groups, you have people constantly, there are needs that come and they take care of each other. That we take care of each other. We have a benevolence fund that we do here at our church that it specifically is for if we have people in our congregation that are in need, they need some, we try to help take care of each other. This is what we do, practice generosity. We're not selflessly hanging on to things going, this is mine. No, I've watched people give, uh, I, uh, can I tell you, just even in practical terms, in the sense that we had a, a single mother with kids and, 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 and she, she needed some furniture. 
And the word went out. And next thing you know, before it's long, I remember going to the house and, and, and delivering a couple of things there. And as I'm delivering, I realize all of a sudden she's got two beds. She's got dresser. She's got a, a, a television. She's got couches in there. She's got all this furniture. Where? It came from the people from the church who heard there was a need and said, I'm good. I don't need this. Here, you need this. Mattresses, new mattresses being delivered. It happens all the time. And I absolutely love it. And it needs to continue to be a priority. And can I tell you, if you have not had the opportunity to practice generosity, oh, you're missing out. To be able to take what God's blessed us with, what God's blessed me with, and be able to give it away as freely as I received it. Can I tell you, there is something that is so much greater than anything I could have gotten from whatever. The church was all about practicing generosity, and we need to make sure that generosity is a priority as well. The other thing they were committed to is they were committed to praying together. They were a people of prayer. As they got started out here, they started immediately talking to God. They were devoted to spending time in prayer together. Now, a lot of times we think about prayer, we think about prayer individualistically, right? That prayer you say just as you wake up in the morning, before your feet hit the floor, you say, Lord, today is yours. I just pray that anything, you just guide my steps, right? That's how you start your day. And then there's that prayer that goes on when uh, something happens and, and we need God's help. Oh, God, help, help me with this. Help me know what to say. Help. And then the end of the day, oh, God, thank you. So a lot of times we just think about prayer being just our individual thing. It's our one-on-one -on -one time with God. But they, they devoted themselves to prayer together. As well. Can I tell you, we have a group, I've said this before, we've got a group of people that meet here in room 714 before the first service starts and they're praying. They're praying for us. They're praying for me. Thank goodness they're praying for me in this sermon this morning. They pray for Pastor Kevin. They pray for our children's ministry and our youth ministry and our Connect 56 is going to happen. They pray for our kids in our nursery or for our families. They pray for our worship. They pray for everything together. Are you spending time praying with other people? Are you spending time going to God with other people for the needs of others? It's something that for us as a church, we have to be about. It was what was a priority. They made it a priority. It's something that we need to make sure that we make a priority as well. The other thing that they committed themselves to is um, they uh, worshiped together. That's what we did this morning, right? We spent time worshiping together. You know, a lot of us spend time saying, I haven't had people sing really loud in your, in, your, in your car on your way somewhere. You guys are liars now too. We have a whole nother sermon I gotta preach now. You don't sing in your shower, singing whatever. Come on. Okay, thank you, Barb. Thank you for, out. I appreciate this. Come on. When nobody's looking at what's going on, you put on whatever worship CD or you got, you got someone and you sing the last. Well, a lot of times we can sing and we can worship, but God wants us to be making sure we spend time gathering and worshiping together. It, it says that they were, um, with sincere hearts, they praised God. With sincere hearts. It's not with, they came in and they just would, you know, sing some songs or, you know, it's easy, isn't it? I, I don't know. I've been going to church all my life, literally all my life. And I, I can sing anything from hymns to 80s Maranatha stuff to uh, stuff that we sing today. And, and, and it's easy, isn't it? You've heard a song. We sang, Here I Am to Worship. I don't know. I can't tell you how many times I've sung that song. And it's easy to just get in this thing where we get up and worship is really more just about us. Like, okay. Uh, I didn't like that song as well. Oh, I like that song more. Oh, that one's got a good beat. 
or whatever. And it's easy to just kind of go through the motions. But God wants us to really engage in worship. They worshiped him together. Reminded of who God was. Of what he blessed them with. How amazing he is. How worth our time and our praise he is. Worship needs to be something that we engage with. Now, I know that music isn't the only way to worship. In fact, it's one of the smallest ways to worship, probably. Because really what worship is, out of Romans, if you look, he says, I want you to offer yourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. This is your reasonable act of worship. Worship is about your entire life. We worship God with everything that we are. But it's easy to think about how we do that individually, but we need to make sure that we worship together corporately that it's something that we do together. It's something that's a priority to us. Recognizing what God's doing for us, what God has given us, that he's worthy of our praise needs to be a priority. And then last, they experience growth together. I love how it talks about how they were added to their numbers daily, who were be, those who were being saved. It's amazing when you share the gospel with others, when you actually talk about who Jesus is, the good news of who he is, how that becomes an attraction for some, how that can be attractive. And as the gospel was being shared with others, God added to their number. Evangelism was a priority. They were telling people all around them about the good news. And as they did so in community, they were adding to their numbers. Evangelism is, is a scary thing, right? Evangelism. We think about evangelism, that's a big, ooh. I don't, I don't do evangelism. Just share people, share with the people that are around you. But how do we do that together? How do we do that as a community? Is that something that's important to us? <coughs> Excuse me, that's why as we start this new series, as we're in this series that we're kicking off, it kicks off a year-long emphasis for us on this idea of evangelism. That we're not just having people come to our church that are from other churches, we want to see people being saved, that new lives are being reached with the gospel of Jesus, that this is a community of attraction because of what Jesus has done here for us. And so who's your one is crucial for us. Identifying just one person, just one person that's in our life. And odds are you can play, you can probably identify more than one, right? You can identify many. Who are the people that God wants me to share, that God wants us to share the good news and the gospel with. So these six priorities were things that they did together. They learned together. They fellowshiped together. They were generous together. They, they prayed together. They worshiped together. And they reached out with the gospel to others together. And for us to be at our best, we need to be doing these together as well. We need to be doing these together as well. Are we practicing these priorities together? I would say, honestly, yeah, we are. I think, I think there are a lot of people that are very connected here, and there are a lot of people that are practicing these priorities, and I'm going to give you some examples in a second. But then we have, to ask that, we have to start with asking that question to ourselves. Are you connected to this community of believers? Are you connected here in some way, shape, or form? Can I tell you, if you don't get connected, if you don't find your place to serve, if you don't find the place where you belong, if you don't find a group of people that you connect with, eventually you will leave. One of the things is, as a youth pastor, one of the things I know that is, it knew that was that if people volunteered to come do youth ministry and wanted to be a part of youth ministry, if they didn't have a role or a purpose or a, something that they were doing where they connected, that it was six months and they would probably be gone. And that was kind of the case. I learned that from error 
trial and error as I didn't get people connected. I didn't, I didn't figure out how to do that until a little bit later on. It, but for us, we need to make sure we're connected. This place changes when we are connected. And part of the reason why we have small groups is because of the fact that we want to get people connected together. Okay, we do this, we, we, we do this to, <coughs> excuse me, most of what we, in fact, most of what we do here at Olive Knowles Church is to help us get connected and to work together for the kingdom, to create opportunities for people to practice these priorities that we've just been talking about here. It's why we have small groups. We have groups, by the way, that meet almost every single day of the week. Almost every single day of the week, we have groups that meet. Some of them formal that are part of our groups, some that are informal that aren't a part of our groups, but we have people that are connecting every single week because groups exist to create a variety of opportunities for people to get connected at all of Knowles, for us to practice our priorities uh, together. I mean, some of the examples I, I, I would give you are, well, well I'm going to go back here for a second. Some of the examples I'll give you, if you look at your paper there, one, we have a thing called uh, Grief Share. Um, this year, I think we've lost, I've, I've not been to as many funerals as I have over the last couple of years. And I know there are so many people that are grieving over the loss of someone, a friend, a family member, a spouse. There are people that are grieving that are hurting. And I'll tell you right now, we've got an amazing group that meets on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock right over in here. So if you normally come to this service, boom, you can come to the service again, and then afterwards you just go right over there. It is a great thing. It is intimidating. I know it is exhausting to think about walking through and processing through grief. But what we do is we have a, a, an amazing leader named Denise Connor, who is the one that, that leads and heads up that group. She is not teaching from a book uh, about something that somebody else knows. She's teaching from a heart that understands what grief is, as she's lost her child. And she shared with me the other day, too, it, 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 I, didn't, like, it, I didn't go into grief share. I didn't get a part of it until easily two years after I experienced it. I just wasn't ready yet. But I would encourage you guys, if you are grieving or you know somebody who is, this is a gentle, understanding group that just comes together. Each week they talk about something that has to do with it. It's the Grief Share is an official program that, that you go through. And it's, each week they deal with a different subject and different topic. You can jump in at any point. So it's not like you jump in, oh, I've, I'm, I'm out of, no, you can jump in at any point. But it's a great group of people to just process through. Okay, God wants us to do this. It's biblically based stuff. It is fantastic. It's grief share, okay? It's Sundays, 10 o'clock a.m. It starts next week. So if you're interested in being a part of it, man, it'd be a great thing to get involved in. Um, but it's a chance to do life together. It's a chance to get connected with other people, to spend time in the word, not just fellowship, but, but healing together. Um, pure Desire. We have a, a, an amazing men's ministry called Pure Desire. And Pure Desire is led by Joe Thornton. And what it is, it's, a, it's something that we don't talk about in church. It's something that we don't like to talk about really anywhere. And we just pretend that there's not a problem with it. But sexual addiction is a definite issue. Pornography. Um, lustful thoughts, all those kind of things are something that right now, some of you are squirming, you're like, why is he talking about this? Because it's real. And it's something that happens. And it's not just a guy thing, it's, a, it's across the board. But we have a group of men that get together. It is private, it is confidential. 
We don't post anything here. It's just here at the church on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. And what they do is they walk through different uh, stuff with this program called Pure Desire just to do life together. To allow Jesus to enter into those spots that we want to grow in, that we know aren't where we need to be, where our mind is supposed to be. And, and it's, it's an opportunity for us together to, to recognize that, oh, I'm not the only one. Because it's way, 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 way more common than anybody would ever admit. And so as a church, we want to make sure that we lean into that. It is not only a time of fellowship, but again, it is a time of doing life together, allowing God's word to impact our hearts and our minds so that we can become better men for God, for our families, for our friends, for our spouses, for our children. Pure desire. Again, if you want to be a part of that, you can sign up for that as well. Nobody's going to know you signed up, okay? We'll connect you directly with that leader. And by saying, we are me. I'm the only one that's going to see it. And I ain't judge, I'm not judging anybody. So if you're wanting to be part of that, this year you're thinking, man, I, I just, I would like this to, be, I want to think differently this year. I want my heart to belong to Jesus and him alone this year. Man, take, take, take a moment, just sign up. Put it on there, and, um, and we'll get you connected. And it's just, it's a great time. Also, we have another one starting up called Financial Peace University. Financial Peace University is by Dave, is a Dave Ramsey program. They continually are updating it. But it's just, it, it's based on financial freedom and how to steward your money and handle your money. And it's this whole thing. We have a, a great uh, couple named Tim and Lucy Boone who are going to be teaching it this, this, uh, this next year, this next semester. It also starts up on the 22nd which is next week. It's going to be Sunday afternoons at 4 o'clock right here in the foyer area. And um, we're trying to get some child care involved in there as well. But if you want to take control, if your finances have been out of control, or maybe you're doing good, you want to look at how to retire earlier, anything. If you've got any sort of financial things, this is a great way uh, to, um, to bring this. This is biblically-based principles to help you manage your finances. Again, you can sign up with that. We'll get you connect with them and do that great stuff that's going on, okay? So th these are just a few of the different groups uh, that we have meeting. Um, and, and I share with you these today just this. I want you to get connected. We need you to get connected. You need to be connected in some way to the body of Christ. You need to find your place that you can be here. Um, <coughs> if you see on your, your sermon notes, there's a QR code. It's the same one that's right here. If you hit that QR code, how, to, how you would sign up is if you hit that QR code, it's going to take you to our church website. Or if you just go to our church website, you can click on the winter semester groups are here. You just click on it and you scroll down, and, and this is what's going to be there. And it talks about the three different types of groups that we have. We've got skill groups like the Financial Peace University, Grief Share, that kind of stuff, uh, our skill groups. Then we have study groups. We have groups that meet. Um, there's a group meeting right now. Bible study over in the library, uh, and they study on books and Bible studies and topics like that. And then we have interest groups. We had one. We haven't had it right now because our volleyball players left, but Kyle had a volleyball group. It was pretty awesome, interest group such as that. Um, we have a serving group. We have a group that serves together every Sunday morning. So there's also different groups. But if you're like, hey, I want to do this, I want to sign up for a life group, or I want to check out what groups there are, all you do is click on that button there or scan your QR code. It's going to take you to a form that looks like this. Again, it describes how long this is, what's going on, the different type of groups that are there. And as you scroll down, what you're going to see is different types of groups. So here's like a grief share group. It tells you when it meets, where it meets, who the leaders are, what room it's in, uh, and where you can find them located. It gives you a description of what it's all about. And then if you're interested, all you do is click on the yes, I would like to attend grief share group. 
then what happens is that sends me a little notification that says, hey, so-and-so wants to be a part of this group. I said, awesome. So then I'll give you a call and say, hey, so stoked you're signed up. The group leader, Denise, is going to be calling you. And then I let Denise know, and Denise calls you, and there you go. You get all set up so you know everything that's going on. It's really that easy. You scroll down, there's others. Like, here's the financial piece. All you do, again, is click on there. Or pure, pure desire, click on there and, and hit at the bottom. It says submit. You hit submit. It goes right to me, and we'll make sure that you get connected. It's really, really easy uh, to be a part of it. But if you look at it, <coughs> excuse me, look at, look at our announcements that we did this morning, right? Didn't Sarah do a great job on the announcements? Thank you so much for coming and doing the announcements today. Okay, so if, if you look at look at the announcements. What are our announcements? Men's breakfast. What do we want? Why are we doing a men's breakfast? To get connected, for the men to get connected. So there can be a sense of community amongst each other. If there's any group that really likes to isolate, dudes, we're kind of it. Throw a football game in the mix, maybe some food, then things start coming together, right? And not only that, but bring your kids, bring your grandkids with you. And we want this. Why? Because we want to get this community going because men gathering together is a good thing in this setting. So uh, it's time where we learn together. There's prayer together. There's fellowship together. There's food together. Can't lose there, okay? Then there's also, then we had newcomer's dinner. Like she was talking about, newcomer's dinner. That's a time for fellowship. That's a time for new families to get connected so that we can get to know them, they can get to know us, and they can understand a little bit more about all Knowles, and it's a great time of fellowship, okay? You look at our women's retreat that's coming up. It's a great opportunity. They're going to get together, and there's going to be learning there. They're going to be in the Word together. They're going to be fellowshipping there together. They're going to be praying together. They're going to be worshiping together. It's going to be a great time of, of spending time together. So all, by the way, these are all outreach. These are all evangelistic opportunities. Chance for you to bring your friends, bring people that don't go to church anywhere. Bring them, come and be a part of it. Uh, next week, we've got a taco lunch that we're doing. We're doing lunch after church next week, okay? Next week, we're doing lunch after church. It's a taco lunch. Mr. Padilla is making awesome tacos, 10 bucks. Get you your whole spread there for your lunch. And then we're doing a pie auction, a dessert auction. I know there's going to be some carrot cake by the Kleppers that are going to be there. It's going to be auctioned off. But this is just a fundraiser for us uh, to be able to send our kids to NYC, which is a Nazarene youth conference where they're gathering together with kids from all over the, the country, from Canada and the and, uh, United States. They're all getting together in one place in Tampa Bay, Florida, and they are going to be able to, um, they're going to hear the word. They're going to be uh, discipled. It's going to be a time of, of fellowship. There's going to be worshiping together. It's going to be a great opportunity for us to do this. But guess what? When we invest in them, when we practice that, gen it's a great time to practice generosity. As we get together and as you give, and this church has given, I'm just, as, as having been the youth pastor, I have watched you guys go above and beyond to make sure that our kids are hearing the word of God, that they're getting opportunities to grow. They're getting opportunities to connect. They're getting opportunities to, um, to learn about who Jesus is and give their life to him. And so that's what we get to go and do. And there's going to be tickets. You can buy those out there today to be a part of those and to be a part of that like there. But can I tell you the best part is that we're auctioning off a pie to put in Pastor Kevin's face. Okay. Don't tell him. I'm sure he's not watching online right now. But, and we're going to auction, we're going we're gonna to auction that off, get there. It's just a lot of fun. We have a great time uh, and doing it. Why? So we can get connected. It's something that we can do together as a community. There are so many opportunities, you guys, for us to be able to connect. There are great ministries out there. There are great things that are happening. Some of one of the greatest ways that you can get connected is by serving. 
We have a group, like I said, Pastor Debbie has a group that goes out early. If you're an early morning person, man, we had a group that, that goes out early on the mornings and, and uh, you can go out and serve the people down in Beardsley. There's things going on throughout the day, throughout the week. There are Bible studies that go on down in Beardsley. There's, we, if, if you're young, okay, if we've got a, a young adult group that meets on Sunday nights at the Tolleson's house. Fantastic, they have a great time. Start with five, they're up to like 15 now. Um, they've gone on retreats. They just have a great time together. So if you're a young adult and you're like, man, there's nobody here for me. Yeah, there is actually. There's a group for you. Okay? It's a young adult group. It's fantastic. If you are single, we have groups for you. If you are married, we have groups for you. If you are a woman, we have lots of groups for you. If you're a guy, we've got groups for you. If you're an early morning guy, we've got one that happens um, at 6 o'clock here. 6 o'clock, right, Shane? Right here in our church, 6 o'clock, a men's group that's been going on for how many years? Almost 30 years, it was started by Burt Rhodes, correct? Pastor Burt Rhodes started this group. It is still going 30 years later. Amazing group of, of men that are there for your early morning, and boom, we, you can do that. Um, we have all sorts of different groups. Please make sure that you check these out, okay? And I'm, I love it because I'm looking around, and I'm going, oh, man, I think I've lost them. Because <laughs> this is where we struggle, right? Like, this is where God wants to kind of mess with your life this year. God wants to push you out of your comfort zone and he wants us to, to connect in ways that maybe we wouldn't have thought, but in ways that we definitely are needed. Church is at its best when we are connected together in community. I just would encourage you this year, start this year, get connected, find a way. You don't have to join every group. In fact, please don't join every group. Join a group. Maybe you're out there going, yeah, I've got a special niche that I want to start a group in. Can I start a group? Yes. Talk to me. Call me. Text me. Email me. Whatever. Carrier pigeon. I don't care. Get some to me. Let's sit down. Let's talk about it. I've had so many people that have come to me and said, oh, we want to start a new group. If you want to start a new group, if there's something you want to do, maybe you've got a group of people that meet already and you're like, we want to become a small group and invite other people. Great. Let's do this. I want to help make that happen. The question is, is, where does God want you to get connected this year? I guarantee you this. He doesn't want you to stay disconnected. Because see, when we're disconnected, it's easy to become discontent. When we're disconnected, it's easy to lose perspective. When we get isolated and we're on our own, it's easy to, to just drift away. And God doesn't want you to drift away. He wants you to grow and come further and have us become closer together. Can you imagine what our church would be like if everybody was connected? And everybody was in here working. Everybody was doing their part. Forget the Super Bowl. We could do things a billion times better and way more important and of higher eternal value. The band's going to come out and we're going to sing one more song. And as we sing this last song today, I just want you to really kind of check out. Okay? Some of you are like already there. <laughs> this is what I want you to do. I want you to pray. Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to be a part of? What do you want me to, to put my feet into? What, do, what have you gifted me with? What have you, what, God, where, where do you want me to be? What group do I need to become a part of? And some of you are terrified right now because this is gonna totally mess with your life. But can I tell you, you are gonna have people that are loving you, that are caring about you, that are praying for you, that will laugh with you, that will cry with you, that will support you. And guess what? You're gonna get to do the same for others as well. 
Imagine how this place changes when you walk in and you see people that you have prayed with, that you have served with, that you have poured into, that you have cried with. That you've had the words to stay and speak Jesus into their life. That you've had moments when you had no words to say, but all you could do was just be there with them. God wants us to be connected as a church. How does God want you to be connected today? Let's pray and then we're going to worship. Father God, we thank you so much for the fact that you gave us this group that we could be a part of called the church. I thank you for all of Knowles. I thank you, Lord, for the many different ministries and different things that are going on here every single week. This place is hopping. And it's all, Lord, for you. I pray, Lord, for those that are here that are disconnected, for those here that, that they just haven't been getting anything out of this church Thing yet, Lord, I pray that you would draw them, that you would make it clear today where it is that they need to connect. Lord, I pray they would look through the small groups. I pray they would look for ministries. I pray they would, they would reach out and step out and become a part of this church in a whole new way. God, you want to take us to a whole nother level. And that happens when we get connected. So, Lord, thank you for all of Knowles. Bless this church. May we be connected and stronger than ever in 2023. In your name we pray. Everybody said? Amen. Why don't you be standing? Why not be seated? Be standing. Why don't you stand with me as we sing one more song. And after that, Pastor Cedric is going to dismiss us.